Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze and interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. We have a very special three-piece interview, <laughs> as we're calling it this week. Uh, we're still celebrating Women's History Month. Yay! And we wanted to bring you our interviews with the co-founders of the Coven Film Festival, as well as our day at the Coven Film Festival. So we are starting off this uh, three-piece interview set with one of the co-founders, Camia Wood. She's a director, producer, and also a former tech engineer and more. You'll find out all about her. And be sure to check us out at bitchtalkpodcast.com for all of our updated interviews and episodes and bios and more. So without further ado, here's Cameo. In studio, because she had no time, really, to, to chat with us at her own right. film festival, the Kevin <laughs> Film Festival. Her name's Cameo Wood. How are you, Cameo? I'm great. It's awesome being here in the studio. It's awesome having you here, and we really want to thank you for having us at Kevin. I know it was the first time out at the gate, and I we heard through the grapevine there might have been another podcast in contention, so we want to thank you for letting us be there, and I kind of ride shotgun in your first uh, film. This is your first film festival that you've curated, correct? Yeah. I mean, so I, I've been involved in the um, Noe Valley Girls Film Festival. Oh. I helped program that uh, for two years. Okay. But this is like my first actual one. Yeah. I, I learned from a 12-year-old, literally. Great. As, as we all can. Yeah. <laughs> we can learn a lot from kids. They, they know more than we do. <laughs> so can you talk about where Coven Film Fest actually started and how it started and why? Yeah. Uh, so um, with my uh, first short film, Real Artists, I got to do a lot of film festivals. Um, I think at this point, it um, Real Artists has played at like over 175 film festivals. So I got to do a lot. Wow. And I personally went to way, way, way too many. And <laughs> um, so I learned a lot about like what I liked about film festivals and what I didn't like. And uh, so here in San Francisco... I feel like, you know, we have a lot of really amazing film festivals, mm -hmm. um, like Indie Film Fest, and mm -hmm. SF Film, whatever. And so I wanted a place that could showcase women. Um, so I'm involved with a lot of organizations here in San Francisco uh, that focus on women directors and women filmmakers. And we don't really have a, a, a very strong, cohesive uh, way to present some of our movies and meet our peers. Uh, so that was always sort of this feeling I had had. So every year between January 1st and February 17th, I get uh, two intern students from Bennington College that come and work with me. And so I've done it now for three years. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to one of my co-founders, Connie Jo Seacrest, about, uh, you know, their upcoming internship. And and I always try to think when I come up with my internship. Uh, internships, I was trying to think of like, what would be the most freaking like badass thing I could do? Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, let's, what if we had like a film festival for them and mm -hmm. they could meet all these filmmakers, help us program it, watch all the movies, meet the people behind them, help us with the Q and A's and know everything that's the bolts of how to like a film festival works so that when they start submitting their own films, they'll have a pretty good idea of how hard it is to program and, you know, what kind of things you know, make up that decision. Mm -hmm. So I made a film festival for them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. I wasn't, I didn't think that was going to be the answer. <laughs> Man, I used to be kind of a career intern way back in the day when I started college and just, I, I really interned kind of everywhere I could in the media and communications 
area in San Francisco, and this would have been awesome. Yeah, no kidding. If I could no. go back. Yeah, we fly I would them have in, applied. We put them up, and we pay them. I feel like that's a feeling. Just <laughs> that never happens. Yeah. What does what does pay? Day. What does that word mean? <laughs> pay. Shar, can you look it up? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I feel like that was a feeling across the board with the Coven Film Fest was that people were just taken care of and really supported and really felt welcome, regardless of who you were. And that's not always felt at these film festivals, and, and we've heard it across the board from the film from the filmmakers that we were speaking with. And that really says something to what you were able to do. And for your first time doing Coven, nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, I it was very important to all of us that people, um, you know, were, were taken care of. I think um, the majority of filmmakers wouldn't have been able to come um, if they hadn't had, you know, flights or hotels or whatever, um, you know, because we're, you know, mostly all starving artists. And so, um, yeah, it was really important for me to do whatever I could to make everyone um, able to come, able to participate. Uh, so, yeah. I was excited to be able to help make it happen. But also you did it in a short amount of time. Can Melinda sort of talked about it. Well, she did talk about it, but can you talk about it from your perspective? Because it was months. Yeah. It wasn't a, a year at least. No. <laughs> no. So, um, yeah, so we were starting to interview our interns. Um, like we had started getting submissions in September and really starting to think about like, what would this internship look like? And, uh, so we were starting to talk to our applicants and at some point, um, you know, people who are in, on my team, they, they know that I'm super crazy and I'm just like, Hey guys, um, I've been thinking about what we can do with our interns and, uh, I think it's a film festival. So let, let's do a film festival. We have, um, you know, like they're here from January to February. So let's, uh, pick a date and make it happen. And they're like, okay, this is what we're doing now. And so I made everyone kind of, um, follow my lead and, uh, the person who did the graphics for real artists did all the, um, uh, a lot of like the look and feel for, uh, for Coven. I had another filmmaker director come up with the basic idea of the logo um, so yeah, it was just like all hands on deck. Everybody has to help me make this film festival happen. And so, yeah, so we all kind of jumped in. We started in, I think, October and <laughs> yeah. And so we started getting <laughs> submissions. We partnered with two film festivals, Etheria and, um, and Blue Stocking. Blue Stocking, uh, unfortunately, uh, has had to stop putting on their film series. So we got their last year of applicants. Uh, and so Etheria is amazing. Uh, they're out of L.A. It's a film festival for uh, sci-fi and horror action films that are directed by women. Mm. So we got a big list from them mm -hmm. um, just because we weren't sure what kind of submissions we were going to get. And yeah. And so between October and, oh gosh, like January, I guess, we were just watching movies and getting the submissions done and, uh, and then telling people that they got in and then helping to arrange all their travel to get here. I think the most I think the most incredible part about this is it didn't feel like a festival that was put together last minute, especially in terms of the projects. Like Aaron and I, we were there to do interviews, but we're like, oh, but we don't want to miss this block of shorts because yes. there's this one and this one. And I, I mean, I didn't even I just wanted to watch everything. I didn't want to interview anybody because everything was so interesting. And yes. there was such a wide spectrum. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just w one narrative being told right. within each block. Mm -hmm. So just. I don't know how you did it, how you created such a thoughtful platform of, of shorts that really spread the gamut. I mean, it I was obviously, it was the team. Um, you know, even though, you know, having this film festival 
uh, initially was, you know, my idea. Uh, it was certainly, um, you know, Melinda and Connie Joe, our, our graphic guy, Matt, who's also like a big thinker. And then our interns. I mean, our interns were there while we were programming and helping us choose which ones to do and what the order should be. So, um, yeah, it was really, you know, just our small little team being just laser focused on trying to tell some, um, you know, really present these great stories in it was interesting because sometimes even the stories conflicted in what they were trying to talk about. Mm. Um, so yeah, but we were, you know, we were really pleased and it was funny because so many of these people, like there's this one woman, um, Elaine DeVale, I was actually in a Sundance screenwriting class with her and I had no idea. And then she showed up and I was like, wait a minute. And then we realized <laughs> that we were in this class together and we just, which film was hers? Uh, are you going to make me mess up? The no, title. no, no. Is it about the girl? It was the, the me uncle? three Yes. Yes. In, we interviewed in Miami. her. Yeah. Yeah. We interviewed her at the mm-hmm. end. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. And she's got so much going on in her career Ooh. right now. Yeah. And that the, was really powerful. And the movie short. was amazing. Oh. For a short, you're yeah. just like, yep. such a story in such a short amount of time. And um, yeah. Yeah. She's great. And the little yep. young girl's performance. Yes. Yep. Oh, I'm and, remembering. And that. the audio is amazing. <laughs> um, my favorite part of that one is um, this is not a spoiler, but there's a really great part where um, during the revelation, there's this like this tone that is there, like this annoying squealing noise and you're just like ah and then um you know when she uh you know sort of tells her secret when she reveals Mm -hmm. what's happening the noise dies down and then it sort of becomes quiet with this idea of just like this like you've just been like a bomb went off and your ears are Mm -hmm. ringing and you have to do something about it and so it was a very very smart well shot film Mm -hmm. so it sounds like you called in a lot of favors for this but it's also not even just calling in favors it's leaning on your community that you've built up for a while can you kind of talk about that process and just thinking about okay we're gonna do this and this is how we're gonna do it. I mean it was a little bit of strategy behind that can you talk about that um yeah I, it was basically um so I, I'm part of the Cinefem group here in San Francisco mm-hmm. Cinefem was also the fiscal sponsor of um of Coven and um, so every month we get together and we, um, it's, it's all directors. It's a directing group um, of women. We get together and we just talk about our struggles as directors. So um, we had people in that community come and um, and volunteer. I'm also a member of The Wing SF. Oh, yeah. And yep. so um, we actually had some volunteers coming from there, people who were you know, interested in filmmaking, had just moved to the community or just moving into filmmaking. So those were a lot of our... Um, screener judges and some of our volunteers. Uh, I also host a series of dinners here in San Francisco with um, prominent people in our industry every Mm -hmm. month called Dinner with Dames. Um, (laughs) So, you know, some of those people um, helped out in one way or another. So we were really lucky. Um, You know, Melinda worked hard on trying to find businesses with um, women at Mm -hmm. the helm to try to um, donate stuff. So like Equator was a big sponsor um and so yeah so we had some really amazing sponsors that um that that were you know interested in what we were trying to do and um and and tried to help us out um you know obviously you know our our hotel sponsor was amazing yeah Um, kabuki yeah the shout out yeah Mm -hmm. and then um 
it seems like uh, we talk about this actually. So we're a part of a monthly women's event called That's What She Said. Mm-hmm. And recently we've been doing an ask give at the end of our events because women are not good at asking. Mm-hmm. Really good at giving, but the asking part. So it sounds like you don't have a hard time with asking <laughs> for things that you <laughs> want. <laughs> yeah. can, you, can you teach us lessons? It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, part of it is, um, you know, I, I'm really into understanding incentives and what incentives are. Um, And I'm really into incentivizing people to do good things. So, you know, with the Kabuki, um, you know, we actually had a lot of people who, uh, you know, who came to our festival and stayed there, um, you know, unrelated to, um, you know, that that, that went and like paid the full rate um, because they were going to the film festival. So we had those kinds of people, um, you know, but but also, like, the way that you incentivize people is that we are, you know, in San Francisco, we don't have very much, um, we don't have a whole lot of artistic work going on. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it's commercial. And so, um, you know, exciting people about the possibility of artistic personal work being done here and how to get involved, I think, was really exciting for people. Um, so I think, you know, that was part of it. Uh, but, the, you know, the asking wasn't that hard. I mean, people are always looking for something um to help out other like artists and i think that we you know the context in which we um, experience and see art here in san francisco um I, i think that people are always looking for other types of you know more diverse art outside of what they already have access to so um the asks weren't really all that hard to do yeah I think on the topic of access, that was another thing that I really loved about Coven was not only did you make it accessible for filmmakers, it wasn't that expensive to enter, which is a huge hurdle that we have to jump over. Like, okay, we can't apply to every festival because Mm -hmm. we just can't afford it. Mm -hmm. So how do we pick and choose? So you made it accessible for filmmakers, but also for film goers Mm -hmm. because many people would be interested in going to a lot of these festivals, but they can't afford $20 per ticket per film. And you made it really accessible for film goers as well. I believe the ticket it was it was like a twenty five dollar twenty five dollars for a day pass. Yeah, I mean, come on, nothing's twenty five dollars. <laughs> Not in San Francisco, yeah. <laughs> yeah. the Bay Area, totally. Yeah. We... So you just show that it's possible. Mm-hmm. Not everything in San Francisco has to be expensive in order for it to one be be good, right. or like it just doesn't have to be. There is a way around it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, also just trying to be, um, you know, creative and. Um, and how you like sort of do things. So like New People is not a theater that a lot of people necessarily think about because it's only one screen, but we only really needed a screen. I love New People cinema. It's beautiful. It's so like, it's clean, it's tidy. The, you know, the audio is ridiculous. The quality of the picture is awesome. Um, and, and, and there are bidets in the bathroom as well. Yes. Oh, yeah. So we'll, we'll the talk whole about the experience later. is magical. But anyway, sorry to interrupt. Oh, no. I mean, I, <laughs> actually, I, I told everybody, like, I was like, all right, they're like, we should go do like a site visit. I'm like, believe me, I've done a lot of site visits in that bathroom, the river <laughs> toilets. I'd pay $25 for access to the bathroom. Yeah. Right? Let's be honest. Yes. It's, yeah. They're nice bathrooms. Yeah. They're nice bathrooms. Yeah. But New People is run by a woman. It's run right? by, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's run by a woman. And, uh, Hiromi, and I can't remember her last name, but yeah, so she's great. Um, so yeah, and, and she was very flexible, and she was really kind. She liked um, how the whole thing uh, went, so I, I expect we'll probably work with her again in the future, mm. which was awesome. Did she run the, the video as well, or the, the yeah? The she, video. and then there's another person that works in the projection room. Oh, the got it. The two of them did it together. Okay. Yep. Does she own that space herself? I don't, uh, I don't or think she, so. She manages it. I think okay. she's like in charge of... Um, the theater and probably the building. Okay. 
Yeah. She's working it. Because I think it's also like a foundation or a nonprofit. As I was wondering building. how they worked. Okay. Yeah. I, I love that theater. Mm-hmm. When I, in my old job, we used to use it sometimes. And I always was like, why doesn't anyone know about this theater? I know. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's like Super. state of the art. I know. It's and beautiful. Plus, you're in Japantown with like right. the yummiest food for yes. no money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, can you talk about uh, the film the film arena in San Francisco? Like what does it look like and how are you making it work for you? Because it's hard to be an artist here. It really is. Oh, for sure. And um, I don't know how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> Quite um, frankly. I mean, I think a lot of people do it. You know, everyone's has to be a little wily in how they make things work. Uh, so, I mean, I, I work out of Filmhouse X, which is part of Filmhouse, which is the um, San Francisco Film Festival, a.k.a. SF Films, mm-hmm. um, artist residency program. So I work out of an office there just a few blocks away from where we are. Yeah. And um, so I have an office there where, um, you know, where my interns and I are um, primarily working January, February, and then I use it as the production office the rest of the time. Um and so, you know, for me, so much of what I'm doing right now is based on, like, how I can build community to find people and, um, and make that kind of happen. Um, but, you know, this is a it's a funny industry because here in this area, we have uh, Lucasfilm over in the Presidio. Yep. We have Skywalker um, over in Marin County. We have Pixar. Yep. We have, you know, 3210. So we have a lot of amazing, um, you know, film and industry uh, groups here and you know if you're a documentary maker there's so many resources but if you're a narrative person um, you know a lot of these other larger companies aren't necessarily helpful for you right I did work on a, um, a, sh- a short film where we got to use the 3210 um, green screen which mm-hmm. was pretty awesome for mm-hmm. like no money um, so that was great but I think that one of the things that you find is that um, at least I do is that so many of the people that work here in this industry are, um, you know, they work in corporate films like for Facebook or whatever. Mm-hmm. And if you approach them and say, I have this like crazy idea and I want to go shoot a film and this is like, this is what it is. Like you can get people to work for like a hundred bucks a day, whereas like their day rates like 2000. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that, you know, if you can sort of tap into that and figure out how to find those people that are hungry for more artistic work mm-hmm. that can happen. Um, you know, and I also, we have such a, you know, a vibrant community like uh, Bay Area. Oh gosh, what is it? It's like BAMF or something. Um, but it's like they have a film mixer over at a at like piano. Fight. Oh, oh, Bay yeah. with them. Bay, Bay or yeah, Bay Vac. No, no, um, no. Bay Area filmmakers. Oh, yeah, at piano fight. No, I get the, yeah. We the get the emails, emails all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and, and oh, they're starting Bay. up again, and they're like on Wednesday, I think, and they're showing some local films. Oh. Yeah, so that's. I mean, there's things like that. You know, we have our own. Um, you know, dinner with dames thing that we try to do every month. Um, you know, so there's always like things going on. SF Film has like regular uh, talks, and they have like a fifty dollar membership if you're a filmmaker and you want to go to their events. So there's always like some cool stuff, but you sort of have to be in the community for a hot minute to really uh, know what's happening. And we're also very much like a you scratch my my back, I'll scratch yours. Um, you know, my my neighbors in Filmhouse. One of them loaned me their camera for free. Mm. Another person uh, edited a short movie I just made for free. Uh, Disher helped me out with my sound. They work downstairs in, in Tom the same Disher. Building. Tom Disher's amazing. Faller. He doesn't know that he's a friend of the show, but yeah, he is he friend is, of the show. Yeah, he doesn't know. <laughs> so right. He doesn't really know this part of our lives yeah. for some reason. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. 
such an amazing human. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it is, like, people want to help and they want to support artists. Um, I was actually just talking this week to the GM of uh, Lucasfilm, um, and uh, and she was telling me that, you know, she doesn't um, – that they're always looking for a new way to funnel um, artists into Lucasfilm mm-hmm. and into their projects. So she and I are going to start working on a project together to try to get more people into Lucasfilm that are from the Bay Area. That's so, huge. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So And her name is Lewin Brennan. She's the super kind. She's from Wales. Um, but, oh. yeah, so we just met on uh, – Friday. Oh. Um, and so that's another thing that I'm, you know, interested in trying to do is like figure out some good pathways into our large, like local mega companies. Yes. Um, Cause so many of their people come from LA and, yes. um, and it's sometimes hard for people like, anyway, so, I mean, they want amazing people and we have amazing people. So a lot of it is just trying to put all those people together. Yeah. And a lot of the people here go to LA because yep. they just can't break down the walls here. It's hard. Yep. It's, it's rough. It, yeah. It feels like slim, slim pickings, but really yeah. it isn't once you tap in and the neighborhood or the neighborhood, the community is so supportive, mm-hmm. which, you know, I used to live in LA, so it, it feels very different there. <laughs> it's a here, different so. piece. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Depending on what you're looking for. I it's guess, called Barrier. Sorry. Barrier Film Mixer. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. Bathroom? Sure, Baf- <laughs> Baffum. Uh, we've been to a few, and then we can't remember anything afterwards. But it's fine. I think that's how we met Tom. To be it honest, it is how we yeah. met Tom. <laughs> it was, at like a, a, it was a Christmas one. It is. Yeah. It comes all together. Um, I want to talk about your background in film, but before we get to that, no, there's no like I got you moments. It's all in your bio. But I, I was reading this and. I, I'm tired a lot, and so is Anne. We just do a lot of things, and so is Char. We're all running around, running ourselves ragged. But then I was reading your bio. I'm like, oh, my God. Uh-oh. She was tired just from reading the yeah, bio. Yeah, I was like, just wait. Alone. So I, can I read this part of your uh, bio? It's not about the filmmaking. It's about Cameo has completed medical ne- neuroscience at Duke University, futurism at Stanford University, witchcraft and magic at Bennington College, Aerospace engineering at the University of Alabama Huntsville, and recently completed courses in Egyptology at University of Pennsylvania. Hold on. From uh, 1995 to 2008, she was an engineer at GTE Labs, Sprint, Lucent, and Cisco. In 2008, she founded Her Her Majesty's Secret Beekeeper, the first urban beekeeping store in America, and currently serves on the board of the beekeeping nonprofit SFB Cause. Okay, really? <laughs> are you 200 years old? Yeah. How do you are you... a witch. <laughs> you me- what's what's her name in Dr- uh, Game of Thrones? Melisandre? Cal- Cal- oh, Melisandre. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Melisandre. Take off that necklace. Yeah. What what happens when you take off that necklace? But seriously, I mean, you What are you doing here? <laughs> what's happening? I, I just <laughs> I'm just kind of like, wow, like this stuff is really cool. I want to go and learn that. But then go to like the finest school to learn it. Yeah, in. and also, <laughs> also not, like she went to community just... college at SF, at SF and studied this one thing. Uh, I dude, mean, community colleges are amazing. Well, of I course, went to community college. yes. I'm not shitting on it. I'm just saying yeah, yeah. that oh, it's yeah. not that you went to like city college. You no. went to you know Stanford and yeah. Well, I mean, for neuroscience. <laughs> sure. <laughs> what? <laughs> Well, please talk to us about all this. I mean, for my undergrad, um, I studied uh, cognitive neuroscience, and then I sort of moved into um, 
you know, actual neuroscience, not just cognitive neuroscience. And it's like one of those things where um, it's partially a puzzle and you have to like sort of figure out the solution in your head. Um, it's also memorization and it, you know, ties in a whole bunch of things like biology and chemistry and a little bit of physics. And I'm sort of like a jack of, whoa, I'm a jack okay. of all trades. Mm -hmm. And so it's sort of like neuroscience is like the best thing if that's what you're into because <laughs> it's like it's it's real fun if you like all those things and so it's one of like the very few subjects that I was like real good at so I'm not like great at chemistry or you know necessarily like biology or whatever but I'm like real good at neuroscience I don't even understand that <laughs> I don't understand that sentence well, yeah because I'm not real good at neuroscience <laughs> well, yeah but you probably haven't studied it neurologically challenged but, at oh, bitch talk it just it even it hurts to talk about it I just don't okay but I love that yeah but we so need it's all people connected like you. And, yes and how did that lead to the witchcraft oh well so <laughs> right yes. so um basically the first school I went to was university City of Alabama Huntsville and that was the study aerosp aerospace engineering sure and it was terrible and I hated oh, it and okay. it was not my thing and I, the reason why I actually went there is because you can't study how to make submarines um, unless you go to like you know um, like a government school like they don't actually teach submarine making anywhere and like the science of submarines, and I was obsessed with like. Yeah, wait, but you gotta back up because uh, I've never ever in my entire life talked to someone that was like, I wanted to study I and build submarines, and I couldn't do that. Yeah, so I went into neuroscience and well, also no. witchcraft. So well, please, no. aerospace, so, aerospace, right? Yes. Yeah, because sorry, I, I figured if you learned how to make spaceships, you could then use that to learn how to make submarines. And I was really obsessed with. Um, like the abyss and sphere oh, and deep sea underwater research okay, stations. Okay. And oh. I was like, and then, you know, Sequest DSV came out and I was mainlining it for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's your jam. It was super my jam. I was like, oh my gosh, underwater science and like, you know, exploration. And like one of the very first episodes was about like conflicts and territory of deep sea farming. And I'm like, you oh want my to do God, that. deep sea agrarian societies well, fighting. We're all going to be under sea soon. So that will be really useful. I hope so. So did you learn how to build a submarine? Because um, that feels like that's the future. It's coming. I, I, I learned a lot more than if I had it. Okay. Because I learned a lot about like pressurized environments and the physics around that. And then, um, you know, how to do various types of like gas mixes based upon depth and all these other kind of things. And also I learned that... These sciences are not necessarily applicable, and I probably should have just gone into mechanical engineering. Mm. I didn't know that at the time. Oh, mm. you know, it's okay. There are things mm. you learn. Hindsight. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I thought this was the right way. Anyway, um, so yeah, I did that, and then, and then from there, <laughs> I I needed like money and a job, so then I got into um, like. You don't, so okay, this was like in the early 90s, and this is when the Ma Bells had just been broken up and shit was crazy in the telecom world. Mm -hmm. And I had knowledge of telephones and the internet because I was really into like IRC and the internet and like light hacking, but I was really into Ooh. phone hacking. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, so you've seen it. Are you messing? No, you're not messing. Okay, so you know how like in. <laughs> You've seen hackers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Just like that. No, um, I mean, you know, f um, phone hacking, a.k.a. freaking, was a lot, you know, mostly <laughs> focused on... I, I want to stop her at every sentence. Yeah, like, I'm what? like, but please dissect that. Now we're freaking. <laughs> I mean, so, like, this was this time in, like, the early 90s when, um, you know, you could totally hack the planet just using, like, 
your phone. Uh, if you had like a Captain Crunch whistle from the cereal box. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look it up, guys. 2600 hertz tone. I had um, the Oscar Mayer Wiener whistle. Would that have worked? <laughs> I don't know. We okay. should test it. I might still have it. Anyway, we'll talk. This is it. this is real. Um, yeah, the twenty. Like if you look up like the Captain Crunch whistle, they're kind of a big deal, um, because uh, someone discovered that if you uh, blow into the whistle while you're trying to make like a international phone call, it was the exact tone that signaled, "Hey, let this person make the call. We're tracking it. They're paying up. Let the call go through." So you could basically. What just... was Captain Crunch thinking? Um, they were actually just like, let's just make a whistle. And this happened to be the exact tone. But that there was are used. no coincidences. Yeah, that seems a little. Maybe that person that created it was a phone hacker. Well, there was a Captain guy later freak, who named like himself it. Captain Crunch because of the whistle. Oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah. What? Yeah. Do you still do you have one of these whistles? Um, or maybe not? I don't think are I ever had one. To... So later on, people would actually physically make something called a blue box, and the blue box just made that tone. Oh, okay. We also made other boxes, like red boxes, which were, do um, you remember when you put your coins in the phone booth? And in like, I don't know if you guys ever had done this, but yes. like you, when you put in the nickel, it went beep. And then you put in the diamond, beep, beep. And yeah. then you put in mm-hmm. the quarter, beep, 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 beep. Well, remember like when we were transitioning from, uh, you know, rotary dial phones to, to touch tone mm-hmm. and people would have these little devices that would play the tones in case you didn't have a touch tone No, phone. that part I don't remember. Oh, huh. So these are called tone dialers and people huh. use them in case they didn't have a touch tone phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they had those. Or if you were just like running around town and you were just like, I don't want to dial the whole number. So you just like programmed it. So you just like hit one, put it up to the oh, phone, yeah, and yeah. it would dial it automatically. Okay. Well, those things were super easy to hack. Okay. So you could go to a radio shack and oh, get RIP. that. I know. <laughs> I mean, I, seriously. That was like my favorite part of Miss Marvel when we saw. No, I no, okay. haven't seen it. First two seconds, you're going to see like a, a blockbuster and a radio shack. Oh. oh yeah. It's, back in the day. It's yeah. pretty amazing. It wasn't that. Anyways, it wasn't that I know. far behind us. But anyways, yeah. Um, yeah, so you could basically go there and get you know yourself a, um, a t- one of these tone dialers and a soldering iron and... <laughs> okay. What? I'm making a this list. Is... Okay, uh, Captain Crunch Whistle. Yeah. This is and how a, to... A soldering iron. <laughs> Sod- Why well, we have that? In the 90s. But, uh... And then the last thing you needed is word processors used to be yes. a thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We had one at home. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes the crystals would burn out. And the replacement crystal for one for one of them was this thing called the six point five five three six megahertz crystal. Okay. And you could buy one of those, solder it into your little tone dialer, and then that would make the. And that means you could go up to the payphone, dial your number, and it would say, "Please deposit twenty five cents." You go, "Thank you for twenty five cents." Oh. Beep beep beep. So there you go. You're just throwing in the fake quarters just forever on your phone. Oh my God. On your payphone. You're brilliant. Wow. And Why now, aren't you the president? Uh, well, What's happening? I know. She's too smart to be the president. Yeah, that's um, true. Okay, teach us more. Okay, yeah. so oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so it's the early yeah. 90s. You're so, freaking. Right. So <laughs> so basically, there were a whole bunch of people doing um, you know new things with phones now that they were broken up. So voice over IP was starting to be a thing. Um, so I started working for voice over IP companies, which is why I started working for like GTE Labs. I worked for a tiny little startup in Hackensack, New Jersey, IDT. So I was working in all these like weird tele- um, telephony companies that were just starting to do voice over IP and doing things on the internet. Okay. And I was like one of like the very few people at that time that knew a lot about phones and about the internet. Because hmm. only the, pe- the only people that really knew about phones professionally were people that like worked for Ma Bell. 
and like okay. worked in the telecom industry, which also meant they probably didn't know anything about the internet. Nothing about mm-hmm. the internet. So yeah. this, I was like just the right person at the right time to be able to do that. So I kind of leveraged that, and I worked in tech um, up until like around. 2001 uh-huh. and then after you know we had this massive terrorist attack uh-huh. and I was like I'm gonna go to school so I went to Bennington okay and I went to Bennington for a bit where I was um like studying witchcraft and magic because that was I was just like I'm just definitely not gonna study tech right now yeah mm-hmm. so that's yeah. why I got more into that and um yeah so I was studying that and like semiotics and all kinds of crazy stuff and then I went to um Bard and that's uh-huh. where I was really studying you know nothing but um, neuroscience and cognitive neuroscience, and I was like writing papers and doing crazy research projects about the Turing test, and yeah, and then what happened? After, then I went back to tech for a minute, and then I did the beekeeping store, and then I went back to tech again for a minute, and then that was a bummer. So then I went and <laughs> it's I like said, you went holistic tech, holistic. I know, tech. I know. Like you, it was, you needed to balance out your energy. Basically, it was you know as soon as like the um, I got laid off in two thousand and eight, and I was like wow, doing all these well, interviews. Yeah. And I was like, oh, all these companies suck. And mm. I was like, I'm just going to volunteer for anything that's like animal related. So I don't talk to humans. Mm. So I was like, and all the groups had like, they didn't really need me. Like I wasn't critical to their success. And then I went to like the beekeeping group here and they still had newsletters that were like typed. And oh. I was like, I can help you. Yeah, <laughs> build build that email list. I can do that. I can like get you a website. Yeah, and, you know, really make the shit happen for you. So oh. yeah, so that was cool. And then I was like, all right, I think that was like in September. And then by October, I guess Octobers are weird for me. I guess I'm learning this now. October, <laughs> I was like, you know what? Why don't we have like a beekeeping store here? And they're like, well, you know, um, we have these catalogs. You should look at the catalogs. I'm like. Somebody should start a beekeeping store. Like, yeah, that would be nice if somebody had a beekeeping store in San Francisco. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to have a beekeeping store. And I started the beekeeping store, like, I think three months after I got into beekeeping. What year was that? 2008. Okay. And it was crazy because, like, and this is actually how I got into filmmaking. I was going to ask, where did the film come in? Yeah. (laughs) So while I was doing filmmaking, people would come with, like, you know, like those, um, what those like little cameras that have, like the one red button like video cameras? Oh, uh, oh yeah, what is that little square flip? thing? No, flip. not flip. Flip. I, yeah, I flip. Was it flip? I yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. yes. Mine died, so oh, yeah. I, all that footage I don't even know. But. Oh no. Yeah. I bet she knows how to fix it. Can you it? help? Yeah. Do you have a little <laughs> boop, 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 soldering probably. iron something or another? I can probably help. <laughs> I mean, Aww. but if you really need me to, I could. Um, Thank you. So yeah, so I would because it was like this weird like store in a time when like urban farming and backyard farming were just like going like the interest was through the roof um and I was kind of the only game in town I had like six people come and do documentaries about my store I was gonna Mm. say I feel like I heard about the store back then it's quite possible we were on the cover of the New York Times it was crazy and I exactly exactly of course you were of course yes yeah, I've been in the New York Times a few times now for completely different things. You're like Forrest yeah, Gump. Yeah, no surprise. Right? It's yeah, Forrest Gump. Exactly. But in a good way. But the opposite. No, in, like a, the good way. Smartest in a good way. Smartest things <laughs> the instead opposite, of the... You're the opposite of Forrest yeah. Gump. You're like smart is as smart does. Yes. <laughs> you have to say it in the... the it's... I didn't want to. I don't know. Okay. Smart is as smart does. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> okay. <Sorry>. Moving on. <laughs> 
Oh. Are we bringing down your IQ <laughs> yeah, level no, just from sitting here for too I long? I'm so sorry. I love that. But I feel like <laughs> I'm getting movie. smarter, I hope, a little no. bit. No, you're no, not I retaining anything. Okay. But this is still really entertaining. Yes, oh. okay. <laughs> Beekeeping, New York Times. Oh, yeah. Yes. So anyway, so this one group, like people are coming in constantly and like doing like weird little documentaries with all kinds Flip. of weird stuff. Because yes. they were all like mostly students. And um, like I guess like KQED did a couple, but um, or KTVU. Anyway. Just, yeah. Whatever. People came and did stuff. But this one group from Stanford Documentary um, uh, School, they came and they were like shooting on film. It was a five person crew Whoa. and they were a serious business. Yeah. Mm. And they were like, oh, it'll just be a little while. And I had done the little while documentary things, which were like half an hour to an hour. So I was mm-hmm. like, no problem. Oh, no, no. This was not a little while. This was like a six, eight hour situation. It's film. Wow. It was film. And, um, yeah. and I wasn't sure, but like they were quite serious business. And um, so they they finished it, and I saw all the documentaries. And this one was like wildly good. Okay. Um, it's super super good. And so uh, so I was incredibly impressed, and I was sort of thinking like I could do that, hmm. and which is I think that what every filmmaker does. Yeah, we mm-hmm. all think. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. I could do that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd always loved film, and I was just kind of like, huh, well, they could do it. So. Um, so around that time, uh, I started going, getting involved in Scary Cow. Oh yeah, which yep, we yep, all know, yep, yeah, yeah, know and love. And so I started getting involved with Scary Cow, and I was just like, I'll help. So like I was doing scripty work, and you know, first AD, second AD, all these kind of stuff. And that was about like six years ago or seven years ago. I don't even know. Um, but yeah, I was just like trying to get on every set I possibly could. Mm-hmm. And then I did um, some work. I was doing some documentary work over in um, Beijing. And I did a little like documentary on my iPhone in Mongolia. And so, yeah, that's sort of how the beekeeping uh, sort of gave me the bug to start shooting stuff and then when i shot real artists i shot it on film so it was a nice little oh you shot on film film. shot on 35 millimeter wow Mm -hmm. what happened to the beekeeping store um so i sold it to a woman Uh who was a beekeeper and an anesthesiologist okay yeah wow and then i think she sold it like three or four years later okay yeah but it might be alive and kicking still i know the website is okay i don't know anything else okay <laughs> but I do have like the nonprofit SFB cause and um, yeah, we teach people how to do beekeeping and we have apprenticeships and we donate Ooh. all of our honey and um, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. One thing that I really love about your store, I mean, there's 5 million things, but one thing that I really love that's just, it seems like it's always been you is you've always just sort of followed what you were interested in and your passion and you never kind of, Oh, this is what I should do. It's always like, I want to learn how to build a submarine. So I'm going to do that now. And now I want to learn this. Whereas oftentimes we talk to people and in our lives as well, we've kind of like, okay, I should go to school and I should get a job in my field. And then, and then you're kind of like, wait, no, I need, I need to live. I need to follow my passion. And, but it, it seems like you've just always followed your passion and never been afraid to. Is this true? Like, you, you just seem kind of fearless. I, I definitely am the, not the person that, like, has, like, the long, like, straight and narrow plan. I'm definitely the kind of person that's just, like, I'm all in. Like, mm-hmm. no matter what, I'm all in. Mm-hmm. And it, it you know, usually works out. Sometimes it doesn't. We're not going to talk about those times. They're <laughs> but not you in learn my bio. From, but those you are important, those too. Times. But yeah. you learn from them, right. for sure. Yeah. For sure. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm always just, like, 
I yeah, I I don't really um do anything halfway. You don't fuck around. I period. It's true. <laughs> I I tend not to, which is why like when I say in October, all right, we're having a film festival in <laughs> February, they're all like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, here we go. Yeah. Because there's no way that like I'm gonna get somewhere in December and say, you know what, guys, like maybe next year. Right. Like there's zero chance mm. I'm gonna. No matter what, I'm going to make it work. And then I, I want to do transition into what's next for Coven Fest. Yeah. Because that was, it was really a great opportunity to be there. Again, thank you. Mm-hmm. And, so honored. Yeah. And to see, because we, we just came back from Sundance and it was our first time and it it's a hustle. Um, and we learned a lot and then we came into your film festival and granted, you know, it's a smaller film festival, whatever, but it was so. It was so nice. Mm. It felt like a nice hug. I was Aww. just gonna say we were well, hugged. You didn't, yeah. So I did. Right. But anyways, <laughs> can we talk about some of that witchcraft? I need to put a spell on somebody. But it did. We we walked in and we were like, oh my, there's food. There's there's snacks. We we have time to do things. Like it was it was it was cool. Oh cool. I'm so glad you liked it. Oh yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So I think that you know, um, Coven was one day we had. A little like welcome party on Friday night, mm-hmm. and um, and so I think that you know the number one thing we got back from our filmmakers is that they wanted it to be multiple days. So um, you know, as a result, now we're trying to figure out like we're definitely going to do something next year. Um, we're, I'm and I'm personally struggling with um, you know how to open it up, and you know we're talking about whether or not we're going to have. Um, you know, some features next year mm-hmm. um, because, you know, really looking at all the shorts is really hard. So we still want to have like three or four shorts programs. But if we do two or three days, then having um, some features would really help. Mm. Um, so we're talking about that. Uh, we're also talking to a few really awesome people that are here local, um, locally about doing um, talks or um or like master classes, mm. and so we're talking about bringing in people for that. Um, maybe having a couple of days beforehand to have like a writer's lab. Um, so mm. we're thinking about new things. So if you guys have ideas about um, ways that we could really bring a lot of value to our filmmakers, we would love to hear it. Um, but yeah, and I think you know just trying to balance like how many people we can. Um, you know get sponsors to bring in like right. in terms of flights and yep. hotels yep. and for how long um, and really trying to be strategic and thoughtful I mean this time we have almost a year you know to really um, to plan it so we're beginning now yeah um, it goes by quickly mm-hmm. it does yeah. it does so yeah so um, as well as like you know um, Connie Joe it's right now it's just Connie Joe and myself right and so we are um, Connie Joe's out of LA and so she's like an actress and a producer and and so yeah so we're and we're both hustling on our own careers so we're mm-hmm. just trying to figure out uh yeah the right way to to do everything and bring the most benefit and visibility to our filmmakers well maybe you have a little brain trust here i mean who knows There's and i have no doubt it's it's gonna happen it's gonna happen <laughs> yeah it's gonna and, happen. and be so great hopefully i think thoughtful is the biggest word it was just so okay. thoughtful on every level Mm, I'm so glad that yeah. you uh, that, that you felt that way. Mm. And then, cool. are you thinking Japantown still and keeping it if you can keep it yeah. there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that it's um it's such a nice location and having the theater like directly across the street yeah, from the so hotel nice. was really mm. nice. Yeah. 
Um, so we really liked that. And they were just a, a great partner to work with. And they, you know, they liked working with us and we liked working with them. So I think it was a good uh, relationship. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cameo, I want you to tell the people where they can find you on the internet. Yeah. If you want them to. Maybe you don't. <laughs> Maybe you're going to hack into your own system and now no one can find you. But. Um, I, I'm not, I don't really have um, much of a presence right now. Um, I mean, uh, I have some of my films and stuff on cameowood.com mm-hmm. and I do some retweeting over at, at cameo on Twitter and cameo wood on Instagram, but oh, like four or five a year. So don't expect a whole lot. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, but cameowood.com is the primary way. And then Coven is Coven Film Fest everywhere on all the things. Cool. Yeah. Thank you so much for making the time to be here. Of course. I'm glad we made this happen. It was so fun. Yeah. And we'd love to be at the top of the list for next year. <laughs> yeah, possible. So. I, I, I know. We're in. We're in. I know a lady that could help. Okay, good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thanks so much for being on Bitch Talk. Thank you so much. Bitch Talk's amazing. Thank Yay. <laughs> That was Cameo Wood, co-founder of the Coven Film Festival. You can find her at cameowood.com. You can also find Coven Film Festival at covenfilmfest.com. Make sure you tune in tomorrow to hear our interviews from the Coven Film Festival. And until then, bitch please! <laughs>